Isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. Spurs Nation, what is going on? Hope you're having an awesome day wherever you're at. Go Spurs, go. We've got a great show for you guys today. In the house, we got Ty Yeager and Nick Yabro from At The Line Podcast. Make sure you check out the link to their YouTube channel. It's in the description below, as well as the link to their Twitter profiles. These guys are, are some Gs over there on, on Spurs Twitter. Also, they have a pretty dope Q&A special coming out tomorrow uh, with Drew Ebank. So if you're watching this live, it's coming out tomorrow. If you're watching this post-live, Make sure you go over and head to that link in the description to take them to their take you to their channel and make sure to catch the Q and A with probably one of our one of our favorite Spurs right out there with Drew Ebanks. So, um, guys, if you want to go above and beyond to support this show, check out the link to the Patreon in the description below. But you're doing it right now. You're watching. Uh, please like this uh, like this video. Chant Go Spurs Go when you do. Hit the notification bell so you can be notified when we go live or when we drop new content on this channel. Leave a comment. Even if it's as simple as GSG, we all know what that means in here. Share this video with the rest of Spurs Nation. All right, guys. So on with the show. Um, actually, real quick, thank you guys for 2K subs. New show times, not on Monday and Wednesday anymore. We're going to go Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. And then we're going to try to do that uh, Spurs Q&A with the live chat on Sundays around 3 to 4 p.m. All right. Now, on with the show. Lift off. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. All right, Spurs Nation, very special episode here. Um, we've had Noah McGarrow George on the show. We've had Mac on the show, and we we just had to do it. We had to do it for you guys. We had to finish out the the roster and try to get. I've been working trying to get these guys on the show for a little while because you know I totally respect what these guys do over there at at the line and and what they do on Twitter. And I know Ty's all over the place. Nick, Nick's a little polarizing. He's going to catch you with that left. But <laughs> hey. Most of the time, it's coming from the heart, and and you're and you're not you're never off, in my opinion, Nick. So I re- I really appreciate oh, what you do. Yeah. So with me, you got Ty Yeager from uh, the host about the line, and you do a lot of stuff with the Spurs Zone over there as well. Um, Ty, what's going on, man? It's a good night. Uh, I would have my camera on. You guys would see me smiling like an idiot right now, but I unfortunately at my parents. I don't got my camera on me, and for some reason, the only computer, I, the laptop that I love, absolutely doesn't have a webcam for some reason. But I'm glad to be here. I am. I know we've been we've been talking for a good while, and I've been watching your content, so I'm I'm excited that we get a we get a get the whole at the line crew on Spurs film room for the first time for what well, finally. Yes, yes. It's like we're completing a saga here. Um, <laughs> Nick, what's going on, man? Hey, not much. Just uh, hanging out. Um, you know, just kind of getting ready for uh, the NFL season, actually. Um, reading all the news. Uh, yeah. 
In fact, we did a, we did a fan like Nick and I did a f- joint fancy draft last night. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. Good team. I think I think it's a good we team. Have, we actually have kind of a ridiculous team. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, all right, man. Well, dude, it's good to have you guys here. One, I appreciate what you guys do over there at at the line. It's really exciting to have you guys on the show. Um, what we're gonna talk about today, Spurs Nation, is we're going to go over some of our final roster hopes. We're going to talk about what. We think hope, you know, what we hope happens if some guys are going to get cut, you know, who is that going to be? Are we going to trade away some people to, you know, make these roster spots open up? Um, Then we're going to talk about what our expectations are for next year. And then we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about who's on the on the hot seat this season and who's up for a breakout season. And then we're going to talk a little bit about summer league. Um, But to get it started, um, guys, you know, we're we're in a bit of a pickle here in Spurs Nation. Um, We have too much depth. (laughs) <laughs> we, went, we went from having no depth to having now too much depth and we got to get rid of some dudes. So, um, you know, Nick, let me throw it to you first, man. Uh, you know, we got, we got to move some guys. And yeah. uh, in your opinion, what do you think is the best look for the Spurs with that situation? Um, so what we have uh, too, too many players, right? Like just yeah. too, too many. Um, honestly, I think we, you know, I, we probably cut Aminu and um, absorb whatever money is left over owed to him. Because I, I think we can do it just in one season. So it'd be this season. It doesn't really matter. And probably trade, release, whatever Hutchinson. I don't think we can trade him at this point, but release him. Um, there's been talk, you know, about who we could release, whatever. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, release Drew, whatever. It's like the, the thing about Drew over Hutchinson is like, he's already so ingrained in the team. He knows everybody. Um, he's played more. Uh, he's talked a lot about stretching his game. Um, he's a big hustle guy, runs the bench mob, um, all around, you know, like it, I think it'd be kind of a mistake to release him or cut him in. I don't see it happening whatsoever, especially cause he's so cheap and, uh, he has his really good moments on the court. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's like clearly Hutchinson and Aminu. And, um, I'm also, not totally convinced that we don't trade Thad soon, uh, whenever possible. He's been talked about so much being available. Oh, he's available. He's available. Um, I think we might see him get moved for a first um, at the trade deadline by a super desperate, um, like playoff contending team. You know, it's like, well, we just need that one hustle guy, that one guy that can do a lot. Because uh, from what I've heard, you know, I've I've watched him play a little bit, but from what I've heard from Bulls fans, when we got him, they were like, y'all got a freaking killer, man. Like, y'all got a great player. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were actually really shocked and kind of upset that uh, we got, you know, Thad, Aminu, uh, a first, and, you know, the other picks for DeMar. They were like, we shouldn't have included Thad. And, like, hearing that, man, it's it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good sign. What do you think, Ty? It's my sentiments pretty much the same here where I don't think Hudson and Aminu are going to be the ones that move on with the Spurs team. Aminu is just kind of, he hasn't found minutes late in his career. He's going on 31 and it's just, it's a expiring 10 million. So it's, it's easy to absorb. Like Nick said, you can absorb that into the, into this year's cap and not have it affect anywhere else. Unlike yeah. like when it came to Damari De- Carroll, whenever you waived him, you had multiple years still left on that contract. Yeah, and so that had to be stretched out, and we're still paying them, unfortunately, yeah. only like a million this year. But I don't see Aminu moving on. He might get traded if anything happens, but I don't see him staying with his team. Same thing with Hutchinson. Again, Hutchinson say he's 25, getting paid four million on his like I'm gonna say the last year of his rookie deal. 
again, you can take you can take that cap hit. Doesn't it's not going to affect you long term. But it's like he hasn't found minutes. He's at 25. Eubanks is actually a year younger than him. And it plays a position that the Spurs actually need in terms of power forward. And then I want to say that the contract, I want to say Eubanks' contract becomes guaranteed either today or tomorrow. So, oh, okay. no, so no matter what, it, that con, that $1.7 you're not saving any money if you cut Drew Eubanks at this moment. So it's most likely not happening. And you know what? That's that's like the Spursy thing to do. I don't know if you guys would agree. Like, Guarantee his money, and then if 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 you keep him or not, I mean, at least let give him his money, right? Like, don't shortchange him. I think the Spurs are kind of, for sure, know, they've been doing they've been doing that for the past few years. Like with Lamarcus, they're like, oh no, we're not gonna we're gonna we'll buy you out. It's fine. Yeah, like we'll Same accommodate. Same with yes, yeah. yes, exactly. And Drew and Drew's contract was even a part. Is he was still going to get money no matter what? It was still partially guaranteed. It was just not fully guaranteed in terms of the cap. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, man, you know what? Like, I've when I I did like a an episode about a week ago and kind of giving my take on on what the move should be, and you know, I was trying to put like my Spurs bias aside because I I, I took off Drew, right? I was like, if you want to be or whatever, I, I took Drew off, and then about ten minutes later, I saw him over there off to the side, and I was like, no, I got to bring him back. I just can't do it. My heart yeah. can't do it. You know what I mean? And and there's value in that. And I think there's more value in that, like with the Spurs organization than, you know, a lot of other places, like what you said, uh, uh, Nick, about his the culture already being ingrained in him. And and if 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 you have to move him to keep players who are on a one-year deal like that and like Aminu, um, Hutchinson, it's just not worth it. I think I think that totally like outweighs the scale and like you've already put so much effort and development and time into Drew. And yeah. he, he really is kind of just cusping what he could be. I think, you know, we if he adds to his game, I think that's a huge sign for Drew because for the first few years, he was really just kind of establishing himself as like, I'm good at this, right? Yeah, so for put, sure. Put me in the game and I'm going to do this every single night, right? And that's, that's in the G League or in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge difference between him and Chemezi. Um, yeah. I, was on, I was on the Drew train the whole time, right, with that whole debate. And then we see him throw. Did y'all see him get yeah. throw some punches in the gym? On that flagrant. Um, yeah. Like, I, I'll say that that dude deserved the punch, but like, don't almost ruin your career over a G League game. Um, I know Chemezi has not, had not like even, some foot injury game, or wrist summer injuries. League summer League, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, um, he had a wrist injury, so I'm sure he's like pretty sensitive to like the thought of going down again, um, especially mm-hmm. for a guy that's trying to get paid a bit of money. But yeah. Um, so. Y'all hear about it more t- tomorrow when our interview releases, but um, I-, I do see Drew staying for sure this year because he's talked about um, how much time and effort over this offseason that he's spent with Chip. He has spent apparently a lot of time with Chip and um, revamped a lot of his three shot. And, uh, you know, from what we heard, uh, he might be getting some sort of official green light this year to take more threes because it was never in the game plan originally. And now, I mean, Tiger back me up. It's kind of sounding like he he has like a real chance to take them. Yeah, and it's the thing with Drew too, and I think people need to realize this: the Spurs system, especially the past like three seasons, doesn't really allow player some players to really do what they want. Like if you look at Drew Eubanks in the G oh, League yeah. compared to his NBA, <laughs> it's a it's a different player. It's not a completely different player, but there's a there's a lot more in here there that Drew is not doing in yeah. terms of he's getting the ball a lot more. He was rim running a lot more in the G League, being a lot more of a force. But and when he goes to the NBA and he said this, he says this in our Q and I believe he even said this in our first interview, 
that he just had a he had to play the role that he was given, and he couldn't really he couldn't really stretch out beyond that because he's doing yeah. what the team needed, and also he's trying to guarantee he's trying to give himself a contract too. So, whenever you're a guy like that, where you're kind of near the end of the bench, you kind of do what the team needs you to do instead of doing what you want to do, just because you're trying to get you're trying to establish yourself in the league, and that's what Drew has been trying to do the past two three seasons, and now he's getting a fully now he's getting a fully guaranteed contract. I it's it's the ultimate teammate thing to do as well you know what I mean and that's why it's just a perfect fit you can't you can't let a guy like that just walk in and out of your door if if you can help it you know what I'm saying and and Drew um yeah I I mean in the G League I think he was throwing that mid-range jumper up a little bit more in Austin um which we haven't really seen him do in San Antonio he has he has he has a good looking shot his shot is not like ugly you know like some guys have some ugly shots and just shouldn't be shooting it. Drew's not one of those guys. Um, but yeah, and, and you, I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not. We needed that role guy too. It's like, because yeah. that, that, that's exactly how it is. Like when you go into a season, you know, I've coached basketball at the high school for, you know, a few years and and you got to be clear and, and the expectations got to be clear about what your role is. And that's for every single guy on the roster. Even like the last three guys, it's like your role is to do this, you know, cheer us on, push these guys in practice. You know what I mean? Like, and, and just be like the ultimate teammate guys. And and Drew was in that situation. He thrived in that situation, I think, too. Um, mm-hmm. It really showed off his character. And character, I mean, as we know, is a huge thing for San Antonio. Um, so I would, I like the idea of moving off Hutchinson. We barely even knew him, right? We barely knew you, yeah. Hutchinson, right? But him out the door <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Uh, Al Farouk Aminu, look, I, I like the idea of having Thad and Al Farouk Aminu on the team. Just because it gives us depth at a position that we don't, we never, we haven't had depth at for years, right? It's like we had Rudy Gay or, or Bus, pretty much, you know, and um, bringing those two guys in to complement like Luca and I don't know if Doug McDermott's going to end up playing the four or the three. I'm pretty sure both, right? He'll probably get some run out there as as both, but uh, at the cost of Drewy Banks, I I agree. I I think we try to move some of these other guys, and there was a report I think out, right? Uh, I think Jeff Garcia reported was it a few days ago that 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 is out on there on the market yeah 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 Yeah, i saw that report um he was in like a group of different uh players that were on the market randomly Mm -hmm. it was kind of like you know this 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 and then thad and i was like oh thad snuck in there i also Mm -hmm. kind of think that might be why I, i don't know the money yet but we signed Bryn maybe to inject a bit of culture and then like you know kind of bank them for a pick to a team that's going to need shooting at the trade deadline. I think we're going to be super active at the trade deadline or um, we'll at least see more than we've usually seen. I mean, we've already seen more than we've ever seen in an off season, you know, in a free agency. So, you know, I so, guess we'll see. So what are you, go ahead, Ty. No, I was going to say, and then we, we see, we saw all this movement because this was like one of the first times that this team has ever had this amount of cap space, this much of like, freedom when it comes to the cap to the cap to the roster and so it's like i was expecting a lot more movement just be just from that alone mm-hmm. yeah yeah which is very exciting and i think that that kind of that's a good segue into the next topic um so when we get right back from this break we're gonna go ahead and talk about what our expectations are for next season uh when we get right back hey isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta watch this What's going on, Spurs Nation? I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We got Ty Yeager and Nick Yavro from Twitter and from 
at the line podcast. Check out their link to the uh, in the description to their YouTube channel tomorrow. They're going to have a pretty cool episode. We've been talking about him a lot here on the show already. Drew Ebanks, that's because he's probably one of the coolest cats out there. And they got a Q&A with him dropping tomorrow on their YouTube channel. So go click that link in the description below to go subscribe right now. If you want to uh, support this show, smash that like button down below. Chant Go Spurs Go when you do. Hit that bell so you can get notified when we're going live or when we drop new content on the channel. Um, share this video with the rest of Go, uh, with Go Spurs Go Spurs Nation. Hit that link in the description to visit the Patreon page. And let's get right back to the show. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. All right, cool. So I think we might all be on different pages. I don't know, but I'm pretty sure we, we're, 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 we're not far apart on what our expectations are for next season. And we're kind of talking about before the break that this is the first time that we're like retooling and really kind of shifting gears and like the, the, the reboot has like officially happened. Right. And so it's very exciting and some, you know, it's a good debate, you know, amongst Spurs nation. There's a lot of people out there who feel like, we're like lottery bound and, and that we should, and and that's the best this roster can do. And then there's a whole other half that kind of has a, a lot more upside to, Hey, you know, letting some players off the leash, like Ty was talking about earlier, you know, and especially here in San Antonio players, you're, you're not, you're not out here to do everything you can. You're doing to do, you're going to come out here and do what the team needs you to do to be successful and to win more basketball games. And those are two different things. Right. So, um, Ty, let me throw it to you first, man. Um, expectations for next season with the roster kind of playing out like we talked about. Let's say that, you know, Hutchinson isn't there on the squad and and either Thad or Aminu are probably going to be off too. You know, what does that do for your expectations for the Spurs? I'm fairly optimistic when it comes to this team because when you look at the, when you look at the team last season and you look at this year's team, yeah, you'll lose a big guy in DeMar DeRozan, but that was only a guy for your offense. Now you're you're pushing guys that were some of the best defenders in the league in terms of their position and DeJounte and Derek and Jakob, you're pushing them to the forefront along with other guys like Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker and Kelvin Johnson. And whenever you get these guys that are going to really push your defense and you got rid of defensive liabilities in DeMar DeRozan and Patty Mills and in Rudy game, you're going to have one of the better defenses in the league. And I'm pre- I'm projecting a top five defense in my opinion, just from looking at the defensive personnel and just seeing that who you have on the floor, it's going to be a harder score on this team, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, offensively, it's a big question mark because you did get rid of DeMar DeRozan. Although I'm fairly optimistic that this team could be pretty successful early on because no one's going to know what this team's going to look like. <laughs> yeah. We don't look, the fans don't know what, what they look like, and t- other teams don't know what this team's going to look like. And I think that's going to play to the Spurs' advantage really early. Looking at, and I'm looking at guys like Lonnie Walker to really get heavy usage and kind of be pushing to that yeah. DeMar role instead. Mm-hmm. But so as a result, I don't know what this offense is going to look like. I'm predicting a more balanced scoring attack that if you don't say that you say that you like your top three guys are going to be DeJounte, Derek and Lonnie when it comes to scoring. And then I'll also add on Keldon. Yeah, I think it's going to be balanced in terms of you can go to one guy, and if the defense decides to focus on him, just go to Derek White. Derek White will score. And then Der- suddenly they're, they're double-teaming Derek for some reason. Just go to Lonnie. It's, I think it's going to be a much more balanced attack in terms of scoring. But overall, it's a question mark on offense, but defense, I'm really high on them. 
Man, that's that's those are those are great points. Real quick to before I throw it to you, Nick. I don't know if you guys remember, but like the best basketball that we played all season were like those five to ten games where we had like six to eight guys in double figures. Do y'all exactly. remember like those games? Yeah. That's yeah, when we were just smoking people. And look if you look at the that Phoenix game, which Drew mentioned yeah. in our first interview that was probably their his favorite game. We had I want to say the Spurs had seven or eight guys in double-digit scoring. It was a purely balanced scoring attack, and they swept a Suns team that went to the finals and was perfectly healthy then. And that was also without DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, and I think that tells us one thing. It, it, we don't need to blow that up like like as, yeah. oh, that's what we can do every night. But it tells us that the players are capable of it. And, you know, Pop, that wasn't that wasn't the number one or number two option, really, like most nights. It was it was DeMar facilitate. Right. And then everyone else tried to try to chip in. But um, and score facilitate and score. And then everyone else tried to chip in. And now I think that, you know, gives us a lot of confidence moving forward on how good this team can be. What do you think, Nick? Um, so, like, I, I'm kind of there, um, but I'm more of the inverse of Ty. He said that he thinks we can start out. um pretty good early on on offense because teams won't know how to play against us. And my counter to that is, um, yeah, teams won't know how to play against us because we probably won't know how to play with each other yet. Um, it's kind of like uh, the first time you are liberated, you know, your dad just took the training wheels off your bike and you just skin the crap out of your knee. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you know, you get up, you fall a couple times. And I think we're going to see um, kind of the inverse of what happened, uh, what's happened the past few years. You know, I, I don't think we'll be great up until All-Star break. I think we'll find our footing. And then after All-Star break, we'll kick it up a notch. When recently it's kind of been great until All-Star break. And then, ah, I'll go back down. Like even yeah. before the big COVID season. Um, you know, like these guys, they have good games where um, we play unselfish basketball, you know, whatever, whatever. That that is true. That is completely true. But the Suns game, you had veteran leadership and a high scoring vet in Rudy Gay. And I'm not saying that he's been a net positive the whole season, but I'm saying games where we've uh, we've been missing like Demar. You've had guys like Lonnie step up. They always do. They take the they take the the touches. But you also have that veteran leadership. And our longest tenured player right now is Dejounte Murray. I think. Um, which is absolutely insane. Um, and he's also, I guess, he's the second oldest tenured player um, that's been with the team for more than a year, I think. Because, uh, you know, Dougie Buckets and um, Thad and them, they're in their, yeah. uh, I think they're both in their 30s, right? Um, yeah. Sounds about right. Early 30s. Thaddeus um, would be the oldest if he yeah, stayed in the team. Like 33, something like that. 32? 33. Um, 33. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it's going to be kind of rough to watch um, at points in the beginning. Um, I think whenever you put a team together that hasn't really played in this type of environment, and there's a lot, because I, I almost guarantee our five starters um, won't be anyone we sign this offseason. I think it's going to be young guys that have always had someone like, you know, I mean, DeJounte played with the big three. Uh, Derek played with most of the yeah. big three um, and with, you know, without them, um, Keldon, not, yeah, Devin also, you know, played with like DeMar and LaMarcus. They always had these training rules. They always had these like 
like black holes that just sucked in the defenders. They they sucked in all of the uh, the attention, and our guys could kind of move in silence. And without that, there we're going to have five spotlights on five players, and sometimes they're going to you know cross over each other a little bit, miss rotations, kind of bump into each other. Um, but I think we'll find our groove a couple months in, and I think we'll kick butt the second half. Um, the defense, yeah, I completely agree. I don't know if we can be a top three or five defense. We can. But I think top 10 is like almost guaranteed, um, especially if you were to run a starting five of like DeJounte, Derek, uh, Keldon. I would say Luca and Jakob, just because Luca has like insane defense and he needs the minutes, especially if they're looking to trade uh, Thad. I don't see you starting him. And I think. Uh, you, know, you may not even start Keldon. I think you should, but uh, I don't think he can be a power forward in today's NBA um, unless it's like a small ball unit that's rolled out later. Uh, he's just too too short, um, not long enough, really. Um, I'd like to start Lonnie. Um, so I think I think you choose between starting Keldon or Lonnie at the three. Um, but that that defensive lineup is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it'd probably be the best five man defensive lineup in the league. There'd be zero weaknesses. Uh, I guess you could switch Lonnie and Keldon. Um, Lonnie on nights where you need shooting. Keldon on nights where you need rebounding and uh, some rough contact. And people need to realize uh, that you know Lonnie is like an average defender, even though his his defensive difficulty is like number one on the team and was for almost the entire year yeah. uh, his matchups. But Keldon um, and I think Noah showed me the stats on this while back. He is like a very good one on one defender. Incredibly oh, yeah. underrated. Um, he just sticks to guys and he does not, he did like, he absolutely sunned, uh, Luka Doncic, uh, whenever he was still kind of like wet behind the ears, you know, he was, it was when he had been moved up from summer league, you know, uh, it it was beautiful to see, but I I, I agree that I I think we're a lock for a top 10 defense. Um, I think offense, we won't be great until probably two or three months in. And then I think we can unlock it. That's why. I'm looking at more of like uh, between like ceiling, seventh seed, floor, 10th, 11th seed, just because it depends on how rough a start we get. Um, But I know that rough start will probably be there. Um, But it's expected. You know, you're losing LaMarcus, you're losing Rudy, you're losing Patty, you're losing DeMar. Uh, It's, 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 it's odd. It's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch, though. Even if it's rough, it's going to be amazing to watch. Yeah, man. I I think that you guys hit a lot of good points. I I can see it happening both ways. I mean, yes, teams are going to have trouble figuring us out if we can be good at what we do. And I think that's kind of at the beginning. And I think what's different this season coming in is that we're going to have a full training camp. Devin Vassell just had a, a summer league. You know what I mean? He didn't get to have that last year. All these mm-hmm. guys got to have summer leagues. But really more for Devin, I think, is the guy – um, who I was looking at kind of developing there to bring it into next season. Um, defensively, man, we, I've been saying it for a little while. I'm sure you guys believe it too. It's just like when Derek and, and DeJounte are on the floor, they can be, you know, the best back, defensive backcourt in the league if they wanted to, you know, and oh, uh, yeah. that's, that's their ceiling. And we just haven't been able to see it because of injury and, and the season before they staggered them. Right. And, um, I don't know, man. Offensively, I, I'm curious to see how good we can be because I'm I have I have a lot of high hopes for us. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like we're very capable. I feel like Derek White 
has to be that guy. I mean, if you're going to put a number one guy offensively where, you know, you are going to be running sets for running plays for, um, you know, to get a bucket, you got to have that guy that's going to get you a bucket, you know, and you have, who, who is that guy for you guys? Like for Lonnie. me, it's kind of, it's kind of Derek white at this point. I, I think a hundred percent, uh, it'll be Derek, but man, like, like, you know how you have like those bum players that just like go off a night. They're like, Oh, I just dropped 32 points. Mm-hmm. And you, you can see that they're a bum, but like, they're just getting like lucky shots, you know, um, Teams are just like not even trying sometimes, you know, seasons it's near the end of the season. They're already first seed or whatever. Like they're locked in their spot. Lonnie's whenever Lonnie goes off, he isn't just like, Oh, I'm throwing up a shot. It kind of went in. He is like creating off the dribble. He's driving through contact. He pull up jumpers, corner threes, catch and shoot. He's doing everything. And he's doing it at an extremely high level when he goes off. And if he can make it consistent, I think he could be a 25, 26 point per game score at, at like his ceiling. And uh, I think Derek can do that, but I'm just higher on Lonnie because he's more athletic, um, faster, uh, better handles. He, he can have better handles. I think Derek White's clearly a better handler now, but like, especially going through contact, um, I think Lonnie can get there. Uh, I, I just. I'm super high on Lonnie possibly being that guy. But clearly right now, Derek is our number one. Well, to me, clearly, I think Derek is just our overall best player if he can stay healthy. What do you think, Ty? I'm going to pull out this out left field, Josh Primo. But that's going to be in like three years. <laughs> We're talking about this yeah. year, dude. I know, I know. Three, Get I mean, off. Three, but in three years, Josh Primo, is, I think, is going to be one three, of Three, okay. But, and right. But this season, let me, let me move on. I can't make a joke here. <laughs> God. My own friend, and I'm getting, I see how it is now. I agree with um, them. But I think I'm with I'm with uh, Nick here. Lonnie Walker in terms of he is a three level scorer. He's shown the flashes before and finally he's going to get a full season of where his role isn't being swapped in and out all over the place. He's going to get a yeah. solidified role that's going to stay consistent throughout the year. And I think that's going to do Lonnie wonders this year. And I think he's going to just like Nick said, the scoring is there and I'm not again I wouldn't even pose Derek White would be the kind of guy too. With Jarek's improved three-point shooting, the way that he can get himself to the rim and go through contact, Derek White like might be the second guy that I would go to if I need to in the last like five minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, DeJounte Murray, he's shown that his shot has improved. You know that he's the go-to man defensively. And I think offensively, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be a guy that you should like not go to if needed because he showed that his mid-range game is there. Hell, he... He sent a game to OT with a three-pointer. So mm-hmm. it, DeJounte isn't out of the realm of possibility either in terms of being a guy that if say that if you have if you can direct the defense to stay on Lonnie and Derek, DeJounte might DeJounte might be your good like go-to guy that no one else is gonna be paying attention to him. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's a great point. I mean, if we want to talk about who actually did it this year, <laughs> it was it was DJ. I mean, when it wasn't DeMar and those last like because man, those last like 20 games. We're just so important, like every single game down the stretch, like from around the time where Derek went down against Washington, like maybe a couple of games before that that stretch. And uh, DeJounte showed a lot, I think, in that stretch, too. And he was able to get into the paints and put the ball in the hole when he got there. And he did that. He did that in uh, crucial moments, big fourth quarter possessions. Um, and I think he's he's someone that needs to be in that conversation. Yeah, no, I know. I kind of. 
I kind of always just feel like, oh, he's just going to, he's going to be there. He's going to do what he does, you know, and um, doesn't really have that sauciness though, where I feel comfortable giving it to him and, and he's going to be able to counter the defense's counter, you know, at that point, you know, in the season and in the playoffs, you got your, your guys got to be able to kind of do that. I, I have all the hopes for Lonnie, man. I, I'm, I was so high on Lonnie two years ago this year. He's his, his defensive deficiencies really got to me like like they really showed themselves which i thought was concerning because sometimes you know they you can hide them you know but but most of the time man when he was out there he was a liability and i think that's why he got played off the floor against memphis was because if he's not hitting his shot if he's not hitting his shot and he's not putting the ball in the hole he's a liability and you, and you couldn't have him in there in crunch time moments now i feel like that's an e i hope it's an easy fix because it's like lonnie like you said he can be that alpha he can be the alpha like we talk mm-hmm. about how many alphas we got on the roster like like dejounte is an alpha Derek white's kind of like a quiet alpha keldon johnson's an alpha right he brings it every time and lonnie has the potential to do that too but the durability is kind of my my concern there with lonnie oh you and think I, it's it's I, I can see that I can see why that is, especially seeing last season where he did go down with the injury and he was out for ten games and the Spurs were not good without him. Yeah, and we needed him trash yeah. without him. We needed yeah, him. Yeah. And so it does hurt, but I think also that proves how valuable Lonnie actually is, even in an inconsistent role that he played a he played a part in terms of scoring and stuff like that. And honestly, I don't think he's that bad of a defender. I think the advanced numbers is kind of really didn't didn't do him any favors on i think he's an average defender i'm not saying that he's he's not Derek or Dejounte in terms of defense but i think he's still an average defender i don't think he's as bad as demar was and just and oh no no noah's and noah's shown us that he had like some of the some like these worst matchups in terms of difficulty like these were difficult most difficult matchups they threw him out there they threw him out there to like feast or famine and the spurs have kind of done that before like we're gonna throw you on the on their best guy and see how you see how you do yeah and i feel like he didn't he didn't do well in a lot of those moments the the number on that i believe if i can remember correctly was like three quarters away through the season lonnie was like the had the 40th hardest uh one-on-one matchup in the league like at that point in the season and to put that in perspective Dejounte was at like 84 or something and Demar was at like 168 like so he was going like I, I think we'll see him take a bump in advanced stats whenever it comes to defense this season just because I feel like they played him quite a bit off of Demar and um it which was bad in general like playing anyone really with DeMar is kind of bad for your defensive numbers, especially because you had to hide him so often and they tried to hide him with Lonnie. Um, and when DeMar's on the court, every other team's best players usually on the court. So they're like, Oh, we're going to give you like Shea Gilgis Alexander, or we're gonna, like, we're going to give you someone who's going to cook a com- completely average defender. And Lonnie at best is just a completely average defender. Like he hasn't peaked above, like maybe for one game he was an okay defender but he's just completely average and um even probably a bit below average luckily with his athleticism i think that can change um it might just take a couple years um but yeah i think uh you also saw him play a lot with patty so like he always had it was always four on five on the defensive end and uh He's like that size where almost every elite alpha player in the game outside of like a power forward is like six foot five to six foot seven. And he was like always on them. So it was kind of a kind of a 
I wouldn't say poor coaching. I would just say like poor rotations, which is something that we're kind of used to. But yeah, no, he's nothing better than like average at best. Um, and hopefully poor that can change. Ro- poor rotations and just bad place, bad time. You yeah. know, I, I think I think it's like a half and half thing. I think that's totally valid and, and it's true. It's true. I also think that Lonnie needs to make but needs to do better with that opportunity because I, I feel like that that right there, guys, is the opportunity to lock you in. It's it, that mm-hmm. like like when when Danny Green got that opportunity, like when he barely got hit that role like a long time ago. I remember I think it was like against Dallas. He had he had the job of guarding Monte Ellis, who was Monte Ellis at the time. You know what I mean? Like and yeah. and Manu, Manu was hurt and Danny went in there and he impressed, you know, like when, when Kawhi got that opportunity to guard the best guys his rookie year, he did well with that opportunity, right? Keldon is doing well with that opportunity because they're, they're assigning those, you know, to me, it's like, okay, it's not, it's not, okay. It's, it's not like the most important thing, but what mm-hmm. I would like to just see is Lonnie step up and knock that out of the park and, and just put that piece together because it's really the only thing to me that's hindering him from just like unleashing on fools. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's yeah. a confident, it's a confidence thing too. When you give up a bucket or you're getting beat off the dribble or, or your guy went back door and you gave up a wide open layup, you know what I mean? Over and over again, that affects you on the other end of the floor too. You know what I mean? And I think Lonnie is one of those streaky guys. Like you said, he can drop 30 or he can give you eight. You know what I mean? It's just, it was just mm-hmm. kind of all over the place this season, but and um, if yeah, you, but, again, like, like I said, if you, with him having a consistent role, I think consistency mm-hmm. should follow just because you saw him last this last season and the season before where Mints were just inconsistent in terms of how much he was getting a game, if he was starting or coming off the bench. And just the role was very inconsistent. And I think that will, I think the consistency would follow. And then with defense, as long as you can have him play averagely defensively with the defensive personnel that you have on this team, I think you can, you can definitely afford a average defender, Lonnie Walker, to be on the floor. And I don't, yeah. and not have him yeah. be like a liability that DeMar has ever been. Yeah, if like imagine having. On. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. Imagine having like Lonnie Walker being your worst defender on the court. Like that's that's not a bad problem to have at all. Um, and that's kind of why I'm I'm also a big Luca fan, but I'm pro Luca starting. So looking like Derek Dejounte, Lonnie Luca, Jakob, because that gives you spacing, that gives you length, that gives you defense, that gives you handles, that gives you court vision, and that still leaves a a second unit lineup something crazy. Like uh, you could have like Trey. Um, Trey, Devin, Keldon. Trey, Devin, Keldon, yeah. Um, Thad, uh, McDermott and Thad, or, you know, whoever you want at the five. We we have, like, really good depth that we can shuffle around. And um, I think both our first and second unit, like, are pretty complete um, in every aspect outside of just experience and experience playing together. Um, so, so yeah. um, you know, one of the questions for me this season – was should Lon, does Lonnie play better starting or off the bench? What what are y'all's like evaluation of that after this year? Uh, starting, um, and we did a kind of a podcast, like we did a little recording because I was going to do a podcast, but I was like, ah, I'll just do it at the line. Um, and I looked at every single game and I, I compared them. I don't have the note anymore, but I could probably pull it up. Mm-hmm. I I looked at every single game that I was like trying to compare Lonnie and Demar's outputs, and I looked mm-hmm. at every single game. Um, from a team standpoint and from a single player standpoint that Lonnie played that DeMar was out, that DeMar played that Lonnie was out, wins and losses and everything. And every game that like Lonnie started, you saw a slight bump in team three-point shooting. Uh, his points per game went up pretty significantly. Um, 
uh, we won more with him and Demar out than we won with Demar in and Lonnie out, uh, which was kind of weird. It was actually like a pretty decent margin of uh, wins to losses, mm-hmm. and I, I think like Lonnie, he just needs to start. I don't think he should be on the bench, and I think he's earned his role even over like someone, someone like Devin. I mean, for sure over Devin. Um, but I, I think he should be out there starting if possible. Um, I think that's it gives him the confidence boost, and people are like, you, you see a lot of people on Spurs Twitter kind of like, oh, just man up, whatever, you know, like your basketball player just go out there and do what you're told. It's like some people, you know, maybe more sensitive, maybe like who cares? Some people just need a tiny bit of a confidence boost, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that he deserves it at this point, at least for the first part of the season. But I yeah. definitely think he's a way better starter, um, especially if he can absorb like maybe 80% of DeMar's touches and distribute the other 20% amongst Derek and DeJounte, who already had kind of high touches. What do you think, Ty? For me, it's the biggest question for me this whole season is just this upcoming season is what's the starting unit going to look like? Because you have so many combinations like we spoke, like we mentioned, and there's so many ways that you can go that if you want to say that you do want to go with a taller lineup in terms of doing Derek DeJounte, Keldon, uh, Luca, and Jakob. Or you can go a similar lineup of last season and just swap out uh, Lonnie for where DeMar was at the three. It's it's really confusing. And But like Nick said, if you want to give him a confidence boost and you really want to utilize Lonnie as one of your top scorers, you got to start him. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe that comes at the con- the price of Keldon going to the bench or someone else going to the bench. But I think most likely, I think it's going to be a very similar lineup to last season in terms of, like I said, just swapping out Lonnie where DeMar was at the three with DeJounte, Derek, Keldon, and Jakob around him. I think that's the way that the starting lineup may go to start the season. But I think overall, Lonnie w- should be better in that starting union- unit because, again, give him a consistent role, give him some consistent minutes, Give him the confidence that he's probably been lacking the past few seasons. And I think you should be golden, at least in terms of if you want to get the most out of Lonnie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you guys. He he played way better com- uh, starting than he did coming off the bench. And you know what? I like that idea. Um, if I was a betting man, I think that, I think that sounds the odds to that are pretty good because it, it allows continuity, right? It allows it allows you to like play four guys, start four guys that already started with each other. And then Lonnie, who got a little bit of that coming into a year where everything's so different, you know, you got to have a lot of continuity that way. And Lonnie, if he hits early, Ooh, you got to go to him. Like you got to go to him as much as you can while he's mm-hmm. on the floor. And, um, yeah. and do it, go into a counter of what Nick said earlier in terms of the offense, kind of not playing with each other. These are guys that are really close to each other in terms hold of Derek. On. Hold Lonnie. on. Hold, hold on. on. Let me, let me finish my point. Let me finish my point. Uh, but like these are guys that are really close to each other personally, and I think these can be really these can be guys that really play well together as a result. And like you said, like you said, continuity and the, f- the best available chance for continuity is putting those f- those four at least together on the floor. And you know what? I'll let you go right now, Nick. But that means that Lonnie Walker now gets to go from guarding, you know, getting the toughest matchups to probably getting like the easiest matchup. Right yeah. when he's if he starts with those guys, he guards. He he'll get to guard the the least deadliest guy on the other squad. What do you think, Nick? Now, Ty, I was not saying <laughs> that they're going to have trouble playing together. We already know that they have chemistry. I'm saying that there will be growing pains in the. I, I would say um, 
you know, kind of piling on of responsibility that all five players are going to receive because you're going to have someone completely new starting in DeMar's place. And you're going to have a sprinkle of responsibility that DeMar carried on every single starting player. And not all of them are used to that. Almost none of them are used to the responsibility that they're about to receive. You're not going to have DeMar to come in in the last four seconds of that Mavs game that we went to and hit that game winner tie. You don't have that anymore. You don't have Rudy to hit a game winner like the Suns. DeJounte hit a game winner this year, but he also missed some. He missed, I guess, who was it? Was it technically, it was technically Rudy, but also kind of DeJounte that blew that game winner against Ben Simmons. Um, Oh, yeah. You see these guys, and especially um, in the in the bubble, um, DeJounte blew that defensive assignment that led to that three-point shot uh, against the Sixers. These guys are going to get a swift kick in the ass at the very beginning of the season, I think. And they'll, they'll grow out of it really fast because Pop it's, will beat it out thing. of them. Yeah, it's, it's a, a thing. great thing. Better but at the beginning of later. the season, yeah. we are going to see it. Like, these guys are not – like, there's no DeMar. There's no alpha. We have to find the alpha. People may say, oh, DeJounte's alpha. He has the alpha mindset, but I don't think he's going to be the alpha. We're going to have to find it in the first couple weeks. And without an alpha, you're a bunch of betas, you know, clamoring to be the next guy. It's, I think it's going to happen. And it's not a bad thing, but it, it's exciting. It, yeah. Like mathematically, it looks like it has to happen. Like it has to. They're not going to go out there and drop, you know, uh, have a net rating of plus 20 through 20 games, like 120 offensive rating 100 defense it's not going to happen we're not going to be blowing out teams left and right we're going to have some trouble i think but that's fine these guys know each other they love each other they know each other personally ty you know what else damar and jimmy butler know each other personally if you put them out there and immediately play them off each other they play like crap all right so you just need to take a step back and listen to me listen to what i'm saying not what you think you heard we're about to see that play out with LeBron and Melo this year too. Oh my gosh, that's going to be a nightmare. They're going to be awful. I think. Don't don't get me started on that on that Lakers. They roster. legitimately <laughs> just got worse, and both of their superstar players are like injured. I don't think LeBron's going to be even close to the same with that high ankle sprain. He already said he isn't. He's like, I'm never going to be the same again. Yeah. And AD, gosh, that man's legs are made of like paper mache and like cooked ramen like i don't even know dude i don't know what's going on there i just and i think there, i saw a poll that espn did with like scouts and execs and some of them mm-hmm. said that they didn't they didn't like the fit at all with russ and la and it just makes no sense like the the personality they got rid of some of their better defenders and the only reason that laker team was like really good even without lebron and ad to stay in the playoffs was because mm-hmm. of their defense like they had the top yeah. 10 defense in the league and I found out going through like the past past like tw- fifteen years of winners, they've each each and every winner, but like one have been in the top ten in both offense and defense. And the only like outlier was a Laker team that was like I want to say eleventh in offense. So, but they got rid of their best defenders. They have no shooting because Rust cannot shoot, and now they have a bunch of guys that are out of their prime, along with some other guys that are just inexperienced. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be interesting to see. All right, guys, when we get right back, we're going to go ahead and talk about who's in the hot seat and who's in that breakout chair that, you know, who's going to have that big season coming for the Spurs. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Summer League when we get right back. Last break of the show, guys. Hey, isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. 
All right, guys, thank you for hanging out. Go Spurs, go Spurs Nation. I hope you're having a great day wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys for tuning in. Big shout out to At The Line, Ty Yeager and Nick Yabro for hanging out with us. I was telling them before uh, before the show that uh, what they did during the uh, during the NBA draft week and NBA free agent week, the coverage that they were able to bring on their YouTube channel was top notch, man. It was awesome. It was entertaining. It was fun. It was educational. It was spot on. It was smart. Right. So if you guys aren't subscribed to their channel, make sure that you guys go ahead and link, uh, click the link in the description below and go check out their YouTube channel. I think they're on Twitch as well. Um, tomorrow they have a very special episode coming out, a Q&A with Drew e. Banks. Make sure to go check that out. Go Spurs Go. Um, if you want to support this show, you can do it in a few ways. You're doing it right now by watching the show. Thank you. Um, make sure to hit that like button down below. Chant Go Spurs Go when you do. That hit the notification bell. It'll let you get notified when we go live on this channel and when we drop new content. Make sure to leave a comment in the description below. I mean, in the chat, in the live chat or post live and share this video with the rest of Spurs Nation. Check out the Patreon link in the description below to go above and beyond and really help grow Spurs Film Room. All right. Last break of the show, guys. Thank you for hanging out. Let's get back to Ty and Nick from At The Line. Isn't we supposed to be having a fiesta? Watch this. All right, guys. So uh, we've been talking a lot about the hypotheticals of this season. I think that's one of the most interesting things is that who knows how it's going to happen and what how what the lineups are going to be, who's going to be in the hot seat, and who's going to have the opportunity to have a breakout season. But let's start with that one first. Um, real quick, you know, I want to keep you guys here for too long, maybe another 10, 20 minutes or so. Um, who do you think has that opportunity about to be served up to him to go ahead and kind of take a huge step forward, not only in helping the Spurs, but in their career? Because I feel like we have maybe like four guys that are in that spot right now um, because mm-hmm. of like what you were saying earlier, Ty, how it's, it was like team first. And there was there was a lot of guys. There's so many shots that are going to be on the table now with Patty, Rudy and DeMar being gone. They didn't just eat up our salary. They, they ate up all the shots and all the minutes on the roster. And now that that's off the book, you know, who's going to be served up this year? Uh, Nick, I'll throw it to you first, man. Um, so I think you have your, like, predictable uh, Lonnie Devin. Um, but my two sleepers on it are definitely Luca and Trey. I think Trey is going to be a massive, massive asset to the second unit this year. And he he's shown that. He's shown that he can be. Especially, like, he was hitting at, like, threes in the summer league. he does not, He's not a three-point shooter, but he was hitting them at an okay rate. Yeah uh he just he looks so good and i think i mean his ceiling is way above his brothers in my opinion and his brother's already a really good second unit player um but yeah like i I just think he's going to be our floor general for the second unit i'm excited about it um you know because i love patty but watching him like put the ball on the floor was awful like (laughs) crucial turnovers every time it seemed like um the the other one is luca Uh, of course because i'm some big luca stan i kind of am but uh it's like he showed so much in his defense, and he was defending like he was defending ballers. He mm-hmm. locked down Shea Gilgis Alexander like relative to other defenders, and he actually locked down Julius Randle like yeah. on, on a long assignment for both players. Yeah, um, I think his shooting uh, is might take a big step up. He has this weird affinity to kind of look at the ball as he shoots, which brought down his shooting a lot. 
and you can see it in pictures and it's kind of like oh it just kind of looks like the picture is weird no like he does it in game he looks at the ball when he shoots yeah i think if he can fix that he can be a 35 percent on two or three a game which is fine um his finishing is good he looks a lot bigger on his posts on his uh, instagram post recently like yeah. muscular wise his legs are huge now his arms are bigger he's just wider in general he's got more tats um, yeah yeah uh, best tattoos in the game yeah he does by far they're nice they're um, nice man his yeah. handle like he was working uh this off season with a guy i forgot his name um like the the guard whisperer or something like that um he he's a guy that trains NBA level point guards and shooting guards, this six foot 11, you know, quote unquote power forward. He's not a really a power forward, um, was working with a guard trainer and I can see why, uh, you see some of his mixtapes. He's got the shooting kind of, he's got the handles. His passing is good, but his defense is next level. And I think he can guard comfortably guard the two through four. I think he can stretch to the one through four. I don't think he's big enough to guard the five. Um, he's not much of like a rim protector, but him and Jakob together in the little bit of time that they had, uh, whenever Rudy and them were out, they looked good and they, they played off of each other pretty well. So I think that starting lineup would work. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, it's easily Trey and Luca. So, so I'm glad I'm not the only one on Luca Island, man. I've been on Luca since, since look coming into the league, I, I, I was there in Vegas that summer and I was watching him play and it was like obvious, like there was so much mm-hmm. that you needed to, to, to grow on to grow into like the terminology, learning the defense, all that stuff. But you can just tell that his IQ is so ahead of his age. Right. And like, he's more of like a point forward, even on the offensive end too. I, I, that's something that's, that's something that I think we don't even know yet is how good of a passer he's going to be with, with this unit. If he's, if he's able to do that. So no, I'm right there with you on Luca. Actually, if you go to my channel, I don't know if you've seen the, seen some of my breakdowns. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of breakdowns on, on Luca. And yeah. some and some against New York, right? Where he had to go up against Randall because that was a tough get, um, yeah. tough ask for him. And I think he came through. So I agree with you there. And then, um, yeah, dude, he's just he, he's been growing nonstop since he got here. In and, my in my opinion. And the thing with Luca too is Luca's on my list, but I won't have to rehash anything. But like Nick was saying, he's a very versatile player. He can, I think, he can fend one through four safe, and then even five depending on the matchup. Yeah, but. He is one of the most versatile players on the Spurs in terms of offense and defense. On offense, he can drive to the rim, he can slash, and he can finish along with having an outside shot. That it, We're going to see if that outside shot's really improved or not, and I think it has. He has the, he has the shot for it. I think it just needs to land. Yeah. And then, like we've been saying defensively, he can really guard any position with the athleticism that he has. He, he can move like a guard at his height, at his size, mm-hmm. and really still be able to do a lot of other things. I said, and going to last season, I was not expecting that defense. Like whenever we went to the G league bubble, I was not expecting that defense at all at all. Yeah. And like, I was going to say like defensively, he may be weak. I think that's his main weakness. He's not going to be a rim protector or anything like that, but it's like, okay, Luca is showing off on defense all of a sudden. Now I don't think he's ever going to be a rim protector in terms of that, but if he can mm-hmm. be a good one-on-one man and being a good off ball defender, man, that's it. Yeah. That's all the Spurs really need. And yeah. Yeah, can I say is, something real quick? You know, I'll finish this up. And I think he would be a key reason the Spurs would be a top top five defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that isn't is never talked about with him. And I know this is said about white players a lot, like this phrase, but it's true. He is sneaky athletic. He's oh, legitimately yeah. sneaky athletic. He just has random flashes where he'll absolutely dumpster someone. 
like he euro he like crossover euro stepped Kawhi at the rim it like like it looked like he was back in the G League it and yeah. I saw that clip recently I watched it like six times I was like man I I just can't believe he did that and he yeah. made it look easy his jumping is like like he has some really good putback dunks I, and I know it's G League but he has some nasty dunks in the G League I'm mm-hmm. talking like effortless looking it's kind of yeah, like whenever Lonnie goes up for dunks you know it's just kind of like yeah. he's just like it's like it's a routine layup. So yeah, that was that was my only thing. He one of my favorite dunks from him was against the Sixers. So, but it's like yeah, he can finish. He can finish at the rim. Just the offensive abilities that he can do mm-hmm. is really is really strong, and the potential is high. It just yeah. comes down to giving him the ball and giving him that chance. Yeah, he had that one baseline rip against New Orleans. Y'all remember that one too? Yes. Mm-hmm. oh man dude that that yeah he, i think he had one of the highest verts right in the combine or something that year that he came in at 19 right um yeah no so i would agree man i would agree lucas lucas that guy that can really change change the dynamic of this roster um so hot seat oh wow real quick hot seat what do y'all think so for me, it has to be Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker is in the hot seat no matter what happens this season. He's going into the final year risk of his rookie contract. And I'm not, I don't think an extension gets done this offseason just because there's two different ways that this can go. If he does resign, it's going to be for less money than DeJounte or Derek ever gets. And as a result, I think, and with knowing the agency that Lonnie works with, which is Clutch Sports, and they're mostly getting the most for their players. And I'm, he's not leaving. I don't think. I don't think he's leaving. But I think he's going to be betting on himself and wanting a higher pay contract. And the only way that he can do that is by betting on himself and showing the Spurs that I can be your top guy in terms of scoring. Yeah. And so as a result, he's going to be on the hot seat. It's going to be a make or break season for him because if he can't, if he gets that consistent role, that elevated role, and can't and still just can't show up can, with the consistency can't the defensive end never doesn't improve and it possibly get worse then i can see the spurs like yeah we i don't think you're going you're not worth it you're probably i can see the spurs keeping him but it's not going to be for a big contract but if he if he wants to make the money and he wants to keep a a high role on this team he needs to really perform and he's certainly on the hot seat and honestly i would rather take a i'll take a long new walker on the hot seat than any any other day yeah yeah, chip on his shoulder. I'd like to see that. What do you think, Nick? Uh, for me, sorry. <laughs> Ellie's, Ellie's, I, Ellie's like wanted to talk, man. Yeah, I think um, hot seat for me, and this might be uh, maybe not like super con or maybe not super controversial, but I think Lonnie, of course, is there since he's up for contract extension. But as someone who could transform into a trade asset, I actually think Derek is there just because of health. Like if he cannot stay healthy this season, I think he's just gone. Um, like if he has now, if he has like a big injury that can like heal throughout the season. Okay. But if he gets those nagging things again with his feet and stuff like that, or like, you know, just like, like his plantar fasciitis, if that flares up a bunch, make cause him to miss a lot of games. I think he's going to go from our best player to a great trade asset. I just think that's going to happen, um, which is a shame, but you can't, your best player cannot miss 25, 30 games a season. Uh, and he, mi- I think he missed more than that this year, right? Or something like that, like between 20 and 30. Um, you, you just can't have that happen uh, because it kills our momentum. Um, it, it 
gets them out of shape. They they have trouble coming back in in the season. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if you can get a first or two for him, like I think you just have to do that uh, at that point. If it's the end of the season and he played like forty eight or fifty games and had like decent numbers, but he just missed a lot with injuries. Yeah, I, I think it has to be Lonnie for obvious reasons, and then Derek. That's that's like my little hot take. Yeah, I can see both y'all's points. Just to be different, I'll go ahead and throw, I'll go ahead and throw Jakob in the mix. I feel like, you oh know, yeah, you know, we what are what are we gonna see? Are we gonna see development from him? In what area are we gonna see development from him? And are there gonna be other guys that are gonna come after a spot? You know what I mean? I, I feel like he has to prove that he is the clear cut center on this squad moving forward. So, um, and the, and the thing that we were told too, is that there's going to be very competitive practices. And I don't think anyone's minutes are solidified here. Maybe I think DeJounte and Derek minutes are pretty much the only solidified ones, but around the roster, people are going to be competing for the minutes competing for that, for those starting roles. And one, I, I like it because there's competition breeds the breed success and breed, takes, brings the most out of people. But like you said, Yaka Pearl is certainly you have a lot more centers now in your depth between Drew Eubanks, between Jock Landell, between Zach Collins, who honestly I'm going to put in the low key possible breakout guy because mm-hmm. that's a that's like a low risk, high reward type contract the Spurs sign. And I don't think it's going to happen this season, but next season that could be a guy. And I think but if you if you have Drew Eubanks, who develops an outside shot and becomes a lot more versatile than just inside. Drew Eubanks could easily be competing for some starting minutes. So yeah. I, I certainly agree that Jakob is certainly on the, is on that hot seat. You know what, Ty? That's a great point. Spurs Nation. Ty just made a great point. Competition at a high level breeds just even higher levels, right? You know what I'm saying? So these guys got to push each other. These, these, you're right, dude. These practices are going to be awesome. I would love to be a fly on the wall and see Lonnie go at Devin, go at Primo, go at Derek. You know, like just it's just it should be. It should be a lot of fun. All right, guys. So real quick, let's wrap it up with some final thoughts here on Summer League. Again, right before we do that, though, Spurs Nation, make sure to subscribe to their channel. The link is in the description below. It's at the line on YouTube and Twitch. Follow Ty Yeager at the Ty Yeager on Twitter and at Nick Yabro on Twitter as well. And uh, give these guys a follow. All right, guys. So real quick, um, it's it's smart not to dive too much into, you know, never get too high or low on Summer League performances. Um but it's good to see them, right? And yes. you know, what what are your takes from from this year? Um, I'll talk to you, Ty. All right. So first up, I know it's summer league. Everyone doesn't want to overhype stuff, but there needs to be a point of made made that when a guy shows that he is the best on the on the floor in summer league, that means that he is certainly NBA ready and he's ready to contribute on the NBA floor. We've seen this before with multiple guys from across the league that. And whenever they went to summer league and they showed out, they became contributors to the NBA right like right after. Mm-hmm. We've seen this with Lonnie. We saw this with Jonte and Derek, where these were guys like some of the best guys on the floor, and they showed it. And this was also the same thing with this kind of also applies with G League, where if you're one of the best guys on the floor in that competition, you're most likely NBA ready. Mm-hmm. And so Trey Jones, the way that he showed off. That's really encouraging. That shows that he can contribute, that he can go up against NBA level talent. And like, I know these are kind of like the, these guys are near the end of the bench or younger guys, but for him to show off what he did and also get snubbed from the all summer league teams, it's travesty. But the way that he showed off against that talent shows that he's going to be, he is certainly going to be a guy coming off the bench. That's going to be valuable to this first team. 
What do you think, Nick? Um, I agree. I'm a big um, Trey guy. Uh, also, you know, I mean, like, I don't want to harp on it too much because we've been flooded with stuff about it, but Primo looked great. He had the highest um, points per possession uh, on the team um, with, like, uh, you know, after so many, like, possessions. So, it, you know, not like three possessions. But uh, mm-hmm. he he looked great. Uh Pull-up shooting, he looked great. He could create his own shot. Um, I think the weakest parts of his game were trying to drive and finish into the basket. He wasn't great there. But he's also younger than like 60% of the first-round prospects in the next draft. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll see him get bigger. Right now, he so he is younger right now than I was when I graduated from high school. <laughs> By like a month. Dude. Um, so I'm not worried about him. Uh, mm. I, think, I think a little little like under the radar is someone that Austin should pick up is Justin Robinson. Uh, I think he looked pretty good, uh, especially for, you know, you know what he is. I mean, of course he's, he's the Admiral's son. That's great. Um, I think he could be a really good asset in Austin. And I think if his trajectory is what I think it might be, he could be a pretty decent NBA player in a couple of years. Um, I liked what I saw from him, his per 36 numbers. I don't have them right in front of me, but they were pretty insane. Um and yeah, uh, I the, those are the the three big ones. Uh, of course, Devin way outplayed everybody at the summer league. He just didn't play. They were just like, "You're too good. I don't want you to get easy. injured." Yeah, yeah. Way, easy. Way, he, it was way too easy for him. Also, mm-hmm. Devin looks a lot bigger in his arms, especially. He looks massive, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Trey looked great. Primo very promising, especially with that shot creation, which you don't really teach to a player. He just yeah. looks so natural with it. And uh, Justin Robinson, I'm a big fan of that. Man, can we can we just mention that that one legged deep two pointer fadeaway shot from Primo, and that was just oh, clean. that was like a freaking just clean shot, dude. Yeah, oh, he yeah. had two really good fadeaway middies um, in that game, like deep middies, like yeah. practically three pointers. Yeah, his touch is insane. Uh, I would agree with you guys, man. Trey Jones is is showing us that he's more than that. We can't put him in a box just yet. He keeps showing us just something. He can do something new every time he gets on the floor. He shows me something new, um, and he's tough defensively. So that's that's what's probably going to get him on the floor sooner than later. Um, yeah, Primo was insane. I think uh, Wieskamp showed that he needs some work too. He needs a couple mm-hmm. years to to go. Um, just to find the the trigger, like he's got to find his spacing. He's got to get his, the feel for the game for this level, and then I think he'll be all right. Um, and then, luckily, in that last game, Wieskamp did show some improvement. Like even yeah. though even though a lot of the yard guys were out, and he kind of was elevated. He first off the Utah in the Utah series, everyone was struggling from deep. Like no one was getting shot yeah. from any teams. But then, like he slowly kind of started fi- found his rhythm. This is like first time he's played played competitive basketball. I assume in months. So you kind of you kind of saw him slowly get better and better, and I agree that he's not. I don't think he's NBA ready. He's most likely going to get that two way deal, and I think that's a perfect deal for him, just because mm-hmm. he's going to be able to get back and forth, mostly minutes in in Austin, which I think that's going to be the place that he's going to really improve the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs it. Uh, to to the guys that aren't making the team, man, De- DeQuan Jeffries, man, DeQuan Ooh. Jeffries, that man is just a buff version of Dejounte Murray. It just like from the for, like if you yeah. look at him, he's like, are you sure that's just not a buff version of Dejounte Murray out there? But yeah, yeah, DeQuan Jeffries was very promising, and I see why the Spurs signed him on a waiver for like that last contract to end the season to make sure that he stayed on their roster. 
Now, um, I'm not sure if he got waived or not in terms of, or in terms of the contract when it came to offseason. But I think that he could. I think that he fills that last two way spot because we still have a one two way contract still available, and I think that he's going to be the guy that fills it. Because man, that he looks really promising. And if you got, you just need someone that's going to muscle out muscle guys at his height. Just put Jeffries in; he's going to do it. You know, I, I was just real happy that he did well. Like I just, I hope he gets opportunity somewhere because I think he showed that he can contribute to at this level. You know, and I hope, I hope that contract you know shows up on his doorstep. Um, yeah, he's like, Des- did y'all see Desmond Bain when we played against Desmond Bain? Oh, my Desmond. God. And Primo had to match up with him half the time. It was like an 18-year-old kid on a NFL linebacker, man. That, I that, felt bad. I felt stuck. bad. Desmond Bain, like, I know this is a guy that um, KOC has always been hyped on. Desmond Bain's just like a freak of nature when it comes to physicality. And he's he's a good dude. I actually really like him. I mm-hmm. And even whenever, after we played at a Memphis and – in summer league, uh, they did a post game with him, and he had some really good words to say about San Antonio and the youth. But he's a really good overall. He's a good dude, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. But man, I feel bad for for guys that go up against him if they're especially if they're if they're like primos. Like I'm just I'm just barely out of college, not even a year out of high school, and I gotta go up against this guy. Mm-hmm. This isn't fair. <laughs> but he didn't shy away, right? And he I think not. that's even more impressive than whatever happened on the court was just that he was just he was there to step up to the challenge, man. And that's that's something that you can't teach either, right? <laughs> um, sorry, man. Hey, well, thank you guys for for stopping by. Um, really appreciate you guys coming on the show. Uh Spurs Nation out there again. Like I told you, go check the link in the description below to their YouTube channel at the line. Um also, they have a special episode dropping tomorrow, so definitely go hit that subscribe button on their YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell too, so you get notified when the episode drops. And um, you can find it. You can also find it wherever you get your podcast as well. This is just purely audio, so if you don't want to go to YouTube, you can go off Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You're going to find it almost everywhere possible. Absolutely. All right, guys. So tell them, uh, Ty. Tell everybody where they can find you, man. All right. First, you can find me on Twitter at the Ty Yeager. That's at the Ty Yeager. J A G E R. Um, that's where I mostly tweet about my takes, tweet some news, um, everything like that. That's kind of like my go-to hub. Uh, you can also follow at the line on Twitter as well at the line pod. That's where I'll, we also drop a lot of our information and news links to YouTube, to our new episodes, anything like that. Like we had asked, we asked fans for this Q and a episode, what questions you wanted over there. And I really hope to do more of those in the future. So make sure to check out at the line as well on Twitter or wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome, Nick. Why don't you tell everybody where Spurs Nation can find you, man? Um, just at Nick Yarbrough on Twitter, uh, at N-I-C-Y-A-R-B-R-O. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really the only place I'm at. Um, barely, like, on Instagram. It's probably the same thing there. I don't even remember. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> just just Twitter. That's all I pretty much use. And you can oh, also man. find me, of course, on At The Line. Uh, I contribute over there. Um, and also, I, I've uh, I've written an article for Air Alamo. I'll probably try and write another one soon. Um, so you can try and find my work over there also. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, we got to do this again sometime, man. Definitely. Um, yeah, man. Yes, dude. And, and and again, dude, just huge fan. Spurs Nation Frill, genuine. Just a huge fan of their content and the show that they put out. It's either entertaining as hell or smart as hell. <laughs> But it's never both in the same episode. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just you know, you know what? I can I can back that up. Like we could be one moment we can be smart, and then the next moment, like in the in this recent episode, um, we did we did our intro and everything, and apparently I forgot to ask Noah, "Are you ready to go?" Because whenever whenever we kicked it off to him, like 
when we start recording, we did the intro, like, Noah, we haven't heard from you. You there? And he's like, it's like a dead silence. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I went to get water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Noah and Mac too, man. I don't want to leave those guys out, man. Those guys are awesome too. And I don't know who, who these guys are that just hop on, I think, your Discord and join the show, man. But they're awesome too. I think there's a guy named like Joey. Joe is there, is there a guy Joe, named Joe or Joey? Joey is awesome. Um, he got, yeah. he came in clutch during our uh, free agent live stream because again, I was mm. doing this from my parents' house. I was not doing my normal setup, and I was like very limited with the mouse screens. I have I like to run it like a three screen setup, and any less I can't I can't function normally. But he came in clutch and like he I, I said, dude, I'm just gonna make you a mod on the spot, and <laughs> he is it. He is great That's for cool. us, and he's been a very solid contributor for us and uh, we're happy to have him yeah oh, that's yeah. awesome that's good so, all right guys well thank you for for stopping by man all right spurs nation make sure to like this video hit that uh like button smash it chant go spurs go when you do it sends good luck to spurs fans all over the world uh hit that notification bell um gets gets you notified whenever we go live so you don't miss a thing uh leave a comment share this video if you really want to help grow this channel support this channel and you know, by joining the Patreon, you get perks, you get giveaway entries, merch discounts, and all this other stuff. But ultimately, you get to help me do more for you guys, more for Spurs Nation. That's what it's all about. So, all right, guys. So, thank you guys for hanging out. Go Spurs Go. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Um, tune in this Sunday around 3 to 4 p.m. It's kind of flex. It's a flexible time right now. Um, whenever my, my new uh, four-month-old goes to sleep, really, his afternoon nap is when I'm going to hop on and and take your your questions, right? And we'll do a Q&A live. So thank you guys for hanging out. Go Spurs, go. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode.